Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a lectionary podcast from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm John Kennedy. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. And I'm Rob Schwartz. And for those of you who have ever thrown a party and one of your friends says, oh, I'll be there, and then they're not there, uh, take heart because Jesus has some sharp words for them today. Uh, This is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Okay. So, Who'd like, who'd like to situate us here? Because we've skipped a little bit since last yeah. week. Yeah, plus you guys are giving some good intros to these things. I'm going to have to up my game next <laughs> week. Know. we got the, the butt dials <laughs> and the, the party reneggers. Yeah. You know, right before <laughs> we started, I, I said say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask Elizabeth what her mom thought of... Uh, never mind. Oh, yeah, <laughs> never mind. Sorry about Sorry, that. Sorry, Mom. I, I, we digress. <laughs> I spent most of my prep time just thinking about that. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was thinking, did you throw a party lately, John? I'm no. so sorry for your birthday. Yeah. No. Um, but this is a cool story. I, I think we can situate um, a little bit by just saying that we're in Matthew 21 now, and uh, Jesus has already, at this point in Matthew, ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey. He's um, turned over a table in the temple. He has gone back out of Jerusalem to Bethany. He cursed a fig tree on the way. And now he's back in Jerusalem, back in the temple, and he gets this confrontation, one of many confrontations with the Pharisees, um, challenging his authority. So um, the role of authority has has figured very large in this gospel. It's huge. So um, for me, that's sort of the context here, that um, throughout this gospel, Jesus has authority to teach and to heal and um, to forgive sins, and he confers authority on his disciples. So um, he's being challenged now uh because the pharisees want to know 
is he really the guy that we're waiting for? I mean, it's sort of a legitimate question for them to be asking him. They're, they they want to root out charlatans because they actually are expecting a Messiah, you know, and John the Baptist was believed to be a prophet foretelling the imminent arrival of the Messiah. And, you know, they're probably pretty nervous and they don't understand him, but he's really popular. Um, you know, so to, so that maybe that situates us enough to well in to the fact in. the fact that this really kicks off like the first of like five challenges to Jesus's authority mm-hmm. here um, tells me that you know the things that we kind of skipped past really must have been like the the final straw for for some of the leaders yeah. like okay listen this guy now now he's pushing it you know right. and well, he's uh, pushing it yeah. yeah yeah well and and so that's why you know I. I I've got a con- contextual T-shirt this time. I, you yes. know, my uh, <laughs> "Don't sit at the tables that Jesus flipped." Yeah, and um, and that really, one. yeah. But but to me, it's it's kind of saying like he saw that he he gets in there and he sees that things, you know, God's t- the the temple and like everything is not as it should be, and he's mm-hmm. trying to set it right. And I mm-hmm. think even in our religious community, sometimes we lose sight of, you know, what the main thing is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this really pits him against uh, the religious authorities mm-hmm. of his day. And, oh, yeah. um, and it's good to get some context to all this yeah. so we really know what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. There, is, there was a, a, a meme I saw. Last time I brought up a meme, I know it was a little dicey there, but and this one <laughs> may be no less, but it said... Um, had a picture of a sign that said, life is short, lick the bowl, and it's in a kitchen. <laughs> but, you know, that sign has a very different meaning if you put it in a bathroom. So context <laughs> is everything. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the context, yeah, I mean, that that really is so crucial in this case, not only because we skipped over some stuff, but because that stuff uh, is the, the background for, for this dispute, as, as we've already begun to talk about. Uh, when, when Jesus is questioned by the authorities, uh, by what authority he is doing these things, the these things is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, echoing a messianic prophecy from, from the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. uh, allowing people, uh, not discouraging people from saying, you know, Hosanna, blessed is, is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, you know, so, calling him son of David, a messianic title. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, he goes into the temple and flips over the tables of the money changers uh, and declares judgment, God's judgment on yep. that whole system. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, Jesus is uh, not submitting to the authority of those religious leaders. So there's mm-hmm. a real question of authority. You know, whose authority is Jesus following? Uh, is it legitimate? And of course, in a certain way, they're asking Jesus, they're trying to get Jesus to say, in so many words, yes, I, I do think I am the Messiah, which ultimately is uh, in Matthew's accounting of, of how the, this, because we're in Holy Week now in this text, obviously not in the yeah. liturgical year. Mm-hmm. Um, the way this ultimately plays out with Jesus being arrested at the end of this week, um, you know, they, they say, you know, are you the son of God? And, and he says, well, you say so. Um, and then he says something about the Son of Man coming on the clouds. And then they tear their clothes and say, blasphemy. This is the thing they're trying to get him to say. They're trying right. to court him. I mean, Elizabeth, you, you, you suggested maybe there's some sincerity, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I like to allow the possibility for. But when mm-hmm. I read it, I, I see them as, as being cynical. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps there was a mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps they were, you know, divided amongst themselves and, and within themselves. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Jesus has, has turned up the heat quite a lot. Yeah. And um, he's asking for it for this sort of confrontation. And conflict. Right. 
I mean, I think they're they're saying, God forbid, this should be the one, you know. Yeah. But right. they they're right. they're trying to trap him. Uh, they they're very jealous of his popularity. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. and that's why they they really don't want to answer that John the Baptist authority was not legitimate because the whole mm-hmm. crowd loved John the Baptist and now he's, he's also a martyr. So what would happen to them if they suddenly turned on John the Baptist? But, right. you know, he's so popular and, and Jesus is, is mm-hmm. equally so. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a mix of jealousy, but also they know their scriptures. They know um, what that the Messiah is supposed to come into the temple and, and offer some form of sacrifice. And I think what Jesus also does is never gives an answer. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't really spell it out for them in words he, he yeah. wants because he has this whole other nature of sacrifice and what a messiah should look like and even the people don't ultimately like that his authority doesn't intervene when he's hanging there on the right. cross you know yeah. they're like well, we liked it better when you were healing and teaching and showing some power and muscle you mm-hmm. know and then it's not the kind of authority anybody understands no. except for that kingdom of God authority that we've been talking about in so many of these stories leading up to this, that Mm -hmm. um, the kingdom is completely a reversal of all of our systems that we have in place of power and merit and all that stuff. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I kind of get that Jesus has the upper hand in this one um, that it's almost like they're on his turf Mm -hmm. that he's kind of, you know, come into the temple, done all this. Mm -hmm. He's now come back to it after that whole fig tree incident in between all of it. And, uh, but he's, he's here saying, look, I'm here to teach. And here he is also teaching them. Right. And, uh, and as you said, he doesn't just answer it. He goes, no, 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 I'll answer it. But you answer this first, which I I love. Yes. And not only does he pose a kind of a a lose, lose Mm -hmm. question to the, you know, to the leaders, but also then he, you know, tells that parable and, Mm -hmm. They're just really stuck on this one. So yeah, it's... they fall into their own trap. I mean, I live with a 10-year-old who watches a lot of Tom <laughs> and Jerry. It's like, you know, the trap that the cat thinks it's setting comes right back and bites him in the in the bottom, you know? And that's wow. what happens here. <laughs> They're yeah. just crushed by their own anvil, you know? Yeah. Well, I like to think Matthew was imagining Tom and Jerry when, yeah, uh, when totally. writing this. Yeah. Totally precursor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the yeah. parable, do you want to? Sure, yeah. I mean, just, just one more thing oh, is, sure, is that, sure. um, you know, as you were saying, Elizabeth, that, that Jesus is um, introducing a whole different paradigm of, of what power is and what leadership is and what holiness is. Um, why that's so important is really shown here because those who were recognized and supposed themselves to be the guardians of the tr- tradition, the upholders of it, uh, you know, the, the most righteous, um, you know, their total inauthenticity is on display here. Jesus asks them a pretty simple question, and they won't answer it. Right. They're like politicians, just like hedging, mm-hmm. because they um, do not ultimately care about the truth. They care about their own position right? and uh, ultimately end up looking quite pitiful here. Pathetic. Even, though, even though they know their stuff, you know, that's the... Right, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, knowing and your stuff is not enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, yeah. and Jesus even says that to them, later on in, in Matthew's gospel, I think it's later on where he, he says, you know, do as, do as they say, not as they mm-hmm. do, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, and how often do people in, in power who, who desire power uh, or looking for greater power in, in the world today, and, and the Bible would suggest throughout um, human, you know, recorded human history, uh, put their own position and their own ambitions over what is true or right. And mm-hmm. Jesus never does that. Right. He is always putting the truth first. 
Uh, and ultimately, obviously, he, he lays down his life for that. Uh, so we do need this very different paradigm, and we should follow mm-hmm. him and not uh, the, the sorts of people that he is uh, challenging. Of, of course, it's uh, always a, a temptation uh, for those of us who work in the church to become like the people that Jesus is in conflict with, um, to you know, not give um, straight answers when, when we should, uh, to, to hide behind um, you know, our, our authority or uh, what we think people want us to say or what we think we need to say or do to get ahead uh, when it's really at the expense of, uh, of being authentic. And, and I think that Jesus uh, cares deeply about authenticity in, in a sense of being an integrated person, of, of the inside of who we are looking like the outside, of there being that mm-hmm. sort of correspondence. I mean, he's always talking about this in Matthew, that it's from the heart that, um, you know, good or bad comes. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, the, the outward stuff uh, divorced from that. Um, Jesus really cares about who we are on the inside uh, because that determines how uh, we are related to God. Mm-hmm. You know, God is the spirit that, that hovers and moves and is present in all creation. And to the extent that we are um, honest with ourselves about our situation, about who we are, uh, we are able to, to be in this open, direct contact with God, to, to be in the flow of the divine life. But when we're divided and fragmented and, and uh, divided, uh, a house divided, you know, uh, where, you know, we, we maybe would like to be that way, but we also care about um, all these practical outward considerations, power games, and so on. Forget it. You know, our spiritual life is going to be a mess, which is why so many spiritual or religious leaders are so uninspiring. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because they don't have it. They don't have the stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're all blocked up in this way. And again, I don't say that with, hopefully not saying that with any (laughs) self-righteousness, but just a reminder that like, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesus's radical call is really the one to follow, um, even when it seems to be um, reckless or foolish um, or, or impractical in certain ways. Uh, if we really want life, you know, this is the way to go. Sorry for that tangent. I didn't mean for the, all that to come out. but There's some but good info there. Yeah, I, and I didn't even really think there was that much to talk about with today's <laughs> passage. But uh, the parable, yeah. Well, I've talked enough, so who wants to t- take on the parable? Elizabeth, you want to give it a go? Uh, sure. I think, you know, it seems very straightforward at first, and I think that there are some classic interpretations that are, maybe along the lines of, you know, works are better than words or deeds are better than words. And another classic interpretation is, you know, maybe this is an allusion to the Gentiles coming late and Mm. the Jews are, you know, being jealous or whatever, or the Pharisees. Um, And uh, at least one commentator kind of dispenses with that and says, not so fast, because to follow this controversy about authority, the parable is somehow getting at Faith versus not having faith. Belief versus not believing, period. Mm-hmm. Like, it's another, and I am not sure where I stand in those interpretations, yeah. but I think it's interesting that it's possible. It's not just about, you know, our deeds are more or stronger than words, you know? Although it's convincing in truth. But here in this context, as you said, you know, lick the bull, but be careful what bull you're licking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, here, the man has two sons, and... Um, 
Jesus, we've heard that before. Yeah, this is <laughs> right. here's an echo of Luke. Uh, for those possibly not picking up right away on that, Luke's famous parable of the prodigal son starts, a man had two sons. And uh, in a way, it's so similar um, in the skeleton that maybe Matthew's draw, drawing upon that, but telling his own version of the story. But, um, yeah. you know, one son says, or the, the father says, go and, and work in the vineyard today. And one says no, and later changes his mind and, and then does it. And the second son says, sure, you know, of course I'll go, Father, and then <laughs> does not go. Um, one is clearly submitting to the authority of his father immediately. You know, the second son's like, you know, you, I do what you say because you're my father. And the first son is sort of like, you know, no, no, and being insubordinate. Mm -hmm. So this inter possible interpretation that it's about trusting in the authority or not could be that the second son see, hears what the first son said. Mm. I mean, this, yeah, and says... How dare my father be so forgiving of this insubordination? You know, mm. I'll show them I'm not so reliable after all. Like, I'm not going to go do Oh, interesting. Work. Yeah. You know, wow, and, that's, and that's in a way, you've got that, that younger son, the older son in the, in the prodigal story, similarly kind of shunning the grace of his father just because yeah. the father was so forgiving of that first mm -hmm. son. You know, so that, that's where it could be. It, it, it logically much more follows um, this, this argument about authority. Mm -hmm. um, so I just th want to throw that out there because it's not a common interpretation or an easy leap to get there, you know, because it, it seems on its surface to be about the one who really did the will was the one who actually went and did the work. But mm -hmm. maybe the crux is more he changed his mind, you mm -hmm. know, like these Pharisees could change their mind about they don't have to stay dug in against Jesus, like you know, and they have this chance to change their minds and, and go and believe after all. Mm. But they're not humble enough to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. or they're too afraid of losing their power and position, like they, you were saying. What if they give in and say, oh, yeah, I yeah. see. Yeah, there's so much <laughs> at stake, they think, you know. But um, we're so much like that second son that we really hate it, just like we did last week with the forgiveness piece, or no, the overpaying of yeah. the last workers. Yeah. That was the one. Um, none of us like to see others get more than their fair share, mm -hmm. you know? And so we're like the second son, like, you know, God, how dare you let in all the scoundrels and rotten yeah. sons. I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm just going to, like, keep them out myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one thing I really like about, um, about this is there's kind of, not that it's the main thing he's getting at, but there's this, this idea of, like, being gatekeepers to mm -hmm. the traditions yeah, and exactly. all that. And, um, and looking at the people who are the outsiders and be like, really, we're letting them in. <laughs> and, uh, and I think we, we see that a lot today. People come with like new ideas or their ideas about what spirituality or God or, or how religion should look and sound. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and are like, no, it's, it's been this way. We have yeah. to do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh no, you just don't get it. Right. Uh, things like that. Right. And that this really kind of pushes against them. Okay. No, look, they got it. <laughs> yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and even though maybe those weren't the people you would have thought at first, Oh, yeah, and, so. and they're not the people you would think at first. I mean, tax collectors and, and prostitutes were, were thought to be among the, the least righteous, the least holy uh, people in, in the society because, you know, tax collectors on the one hand uh, were, were basically selling out their own people for their own gain, you know, um, uh, working on behalf of the Roman Empire, obviously the oppressor of the Jewish people, um, the occupier of the Jewish people, and, and, and it probably doesn't need to be said why, why you know, prostitution was not a reputable profession <laughs> in this society. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's similar to how it's viewed in, in many societies. Um, so these are not people that you would think would be entering the kingdom of God 
interesting here that Matthew says kingdom of God instead of kingdom of heaven. He usually says kingdom of heaven, but just, just a little footnote there. Um, obviously, they mean the same thing. But uh, entering the kingdom of God ahead of, you know, the people that everybody thought were number one, including them. They, you know, they were, they were buying their own propaganda, these, these religious leaders. They thought they were number one, too, which is really the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the self-righteousness. Now, what advantage spiritually um, might tax collectors and, and prostitutes have? You know, why were they receptive to, uh, to John's message, to Jesus's message, um, you know, I think it must have something to do with the fact that, you know, they weren't fooling themselves. Mm-hmm. They knew they weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. They knew they needed help. Uh, they knew that, um, that there was something more uh, for them than the life they were living, that mm-hmm. they could become um, more than they were. I don't mean to sound that too, like, self-helpy, but, but that they, they were, there's perhaps a sense of, like, uh, I, I want something more than, than what my life is mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, and so when John says, you know, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, you know, prepare the way of the Lord. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ready yeah. for a change. Um, and, um, and, you know, in sort of Jungian psychological terms, they, they, they were in touch with their shadow side. Mm. And back to this question of authenticity, we all have a shadow. Right, none of us are better than anybody in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, all these characters represent different uh, potentials that every human being has, or just about every human being has, or in general terms. Um, you know, any one of us, given the right circumstance, right or wrong circumstances, could be you know a self-righteous Pharisee, or could be a tax collector, or could be a prostitute. Um, so they didn't think themselves better than they actually were, and they were in touch with their actual raw humanity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's of great spiritual value because that's truth, that's honesty, that's reality. And, and when you're open to and in touch with that, you're, you're very um, available to God. You know, you're near the kingdom of God. Whereas if you, you're all about following the rules and making sure other people can see that you're following the rules and really making sure you're following the rules— you can fool yourself into thinking, I'm great. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need any help. <laughs> you know, yeah. God's lucky to have me. <laughs> well, it's not lost on me either that the namesake of this gospel, Matthew, is yes. like the number one tax yeah. collector, totally. right? Yeah. He's the one sitting in his tax booth when Jesus comes along and tells him to follow yeah. me. You know, yeah. we just observed the Feast of Matthew. Actually, we're recording this on the Feast of Matthew. This is we the are. Feast of St. Yes, Matthew. I did it yesterday. Um, we're a little so. ahead of our, our audience, yeah. but you know, we, <laughs> since we record ahead of time, we happen to be recording on the Feast of Matthew. Yeah. But um, he, you know, as a tax collector, also wrote uh, the the Beatitudes. You know, be, uh, blessed are the one, yeah. the pure, or the poor in spirit, for they yeah. know their need of God. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, that's what you're driving totally. at. Is yes. these people Thank at you. least yeah. anyone who did hear John the Baptist and realize their need to repent. Uh, were, were the ones who realized their need for God, whether mm-hmm. they were getting it from what the Torah had already instructed them or, or whether they were getting it from this prophetic message. And now they could get it from Jesus. Um, but, you know, Jesus is inviting everybody to just turn and believe, you know, mm-hmm. k- kind of like trust in in this kind of authority that's embodied in his his, his walk. But so Matthew, you know, I think he writes with passion. He's always mentioning the tax collectors. He's like, yeah. you know, I turned... And, yeah, and um, yeah. I think it re- means a lot to him to to point them out yeah, somehow. Yeah, definitely. Well, there was and there was um, 
I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to, you know, butcher the quote a little bit. But Nadia Bowles-Weber had posted something on Facebook recently that basically said, you know, God's not necessarily sending out the people who have all the answers, but God's sending out the ones who stumble and fall and try to figure their way the whole way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had a not who said, I like those people. And I said, yeah, those are my kind of people, too. Right. Uh, and, you know, and it's like you said, like they were more receptive because they didn't just assume they had all yeah. the answers. And yeah. uh, and so I thought there was something really powerful to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we, uh, oh, well, John, I don't know if you're ramping up to something. I wanted to plug our podcast line, though, before plug we... Plug the podcast okay. line, yeah. <laughs> so just uh, as I mentioned last week, um, we've got our, our podcast hotline that you can call and leave a message on. It's 203-442-5002, and you can leave a voicemail, and we might feature it on the show, and that way we can respond to your questions or your comments and, uh, and hear what you have to think, so... Hopefully you'll give that a call, and it's in the description to this podcast, so you can look up that number there and give us a ring. The only other thing I was going to say is that we were talking about Matthew being a former tax collector and its relation to uh, the prevalence of tax collectors and this theme of blessed are the poor in spirit and so on in Matthew's gospel. You know, it's commonly thought uh, in biblical scholarship that Matthew did not write the gospel of Matthew. And I'm not really interested in weighing in on that mm-hmm. one way or the other, but I, I am intri- tri- intrigued by the idea that, that Matthew bore some connection to what, in it, what ended up in mm-hmm. the Gospel of Matthew. Whether yeah. or not he's the author, good point, good point. that his perspective and his right. legacy uh, lives on mm-hmm. uh, in this text. Uh, I do think that's very interesting. The community that followed Matthew. Yeah. Maybe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. indeed, indeed. Yeah. And, and what a great uh, encouragement uh, Matthew's text as a whole is to be humble and honest uh, before God and to trust the life and goodness that, that come from that. And it does mm-hmm. take courage indeed. So I hope you are encouraged by this conversation. And we're so glad you're walking the path with us. And uh, please like, comment, subscribe. And we'll see you next time.